0: Jesus gives us two verses about the Christian life, about the kingdom of heaven. He says, the kingdom of heaven, it's like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought it. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. That's what the kingdom of heaven is is worth most of us have probably looked at other people and thought that maybe there were things in their life that they were giving up too much for you ever have that situation maybe some maybe we had the feeling that someone was giving up too much of themselves for their job maybe we felt like someone was giving up too much of themselves uh, for for a team that they were a part of Maybe we felt like someone was giving up too much of themselves for some relationship that, that they were in or that they had. Can we all relate to that? Have we all seen that? Maybe we've seen it in ourselves, but I know we've seen it in other people. Maybe we've, we've seen it in people that we're just around, but, but, or maybe people that are very close to us. But, but Jesus says, I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about the kingdom of heaven. I want to talk to you about about the kingdom of heaven that you can give up all for. It's really that that key word. He doesn't just say that we should give up a lot for it. We should be willing to sacrifice a lot for the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says you should be willing to sacrifice all for the kingdom of heaven. I, I find it interesting when we start talking about being a servant Right? And we look at places like Philippians chapter 2. No one argues with the idea that we ought to serve others. I have never had anyone who have told me, I don't think we ought to serve anybody. At least not, 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 no Christian. But one of the things that happens a lot is that we, we put qualifiers on it. We, we believe in service and sacrifice up to a point. Up to whatever point that we deem to be reasonable. Right? We've had these conversations. But yet in passages like Philippians chapter 2, where, where, we, where we have this admonition to think more of others than we, do, than we do of ourselves, we have this admonition to look like Christ. And the question becomes, so how far did he take it? And Paul says he became obedient. How far does he take it? To the point of death to the point of death. That's pretty far, isn't it? But he doesn't even stop there. You, you, you would think that the admonition that, 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 you should, that you should be willing to be sacrificial of yourself to the point of death, I mean, that, that, that's, that's asking a lot, isn't it? If I ask somebody to die tonight, is that asking a lot? Shake your head up and down. That's asking a lot. But he did not even stop there. He says he became obedient to the, to, to, to the point of death, even death on a cross. He's like, Not just to the point of He was willing to die for people, He was willing to suffer on the cross for people. What is He saying? Or what am I trying to say? And so often where we want to put limits on what we're willing to give up or what we're willing to sacrifice, over and over in, in the biblical text and through the example of Christ, through the parables of Christ, we're told to take the brakes off. Take the brakes off. It's about being all totally committed it's about finding that pearl of great value and saying i'm going to go out and sell everything i have in order in order to buy this pearl i'm going to be willing to sacrifice all now what does that mean well i would say that means different things in everyone's life because each one of us each one of us come come up against a lot of different things when it when it comes to our walk with the lord you know, that, that constant pull, just like we talked about this morning of looking at John, who John was all in. But, but John, John was only all in when he understood in order, in order for Christ to be praised, in order for people to follow Christ, they had to stop following Him. Right? That's what he's saying there in John 3. More of Him, less of me. It wasn't just saying, "Yeah, I want I want more people to follow Jesus." He understood. In order for that to happen, there has to be less of me. That's part of that's part of this pearl of great price. I don't know what that looks like um, for, for for a lot of folks. Most of you in this room don't have disciples, right? Uh, I mean, th- th- there may be uh, a few that. that that are active in, in discipleship. I wish we had more of that, but, but it's unlikely that we have people in this room that are leading movements. That, that, that's where John was. But the principle is still, still the case. There are those things that will push up against us, and we have to say, oh, okay, I'm, I'm willing to give up that thing that I value. I'm willing to give up that thing that I value. Well, what does it look like? What does that look like when we, when we come to say, I want to take on the crown, but it might cost me a cross? Am I willing to give up family? You love family? I mean, even with all of their warts and everything like that, right? Don't we value our family? Of course. I, mean, I think that's a biblical position to, to honor your father and mother, right? Uh, that that he who does not provide for his own is worse than an unbeliever. I mean, I love my family in part because of my Christianity. But what if our family, what if our family is putting us in a position where we have to choose between between honoring Christ and honoring our family? Jesus says in Matthew chapter ten, "Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth." This is Matthew chapter ten and verse thirty four. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came, seemed like I would always have this verse in my sermon every time my mother would come to visit. I really kind of tried to stay away from it, because it just kept coming into my sermons. But but listen to what he says. I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. See, there are many problems that we have within our family that the answer, the answer is to follow Christ. But there may be those, those instances where our family, our family rejects Christ. That's the nature of the gospel. It's divisive. Do not say that I came to bring peace on earth, even though... There's a sense in which Jesus came to bring peace on earth, right? That's what the angels pro- proclaimed. But there's also a sense in which you need to understand that sometimes the gospel is what causes division. Are you willing to pay that price? Are you, are you, are you willing to stand with the Lord? Are you willing to, to, to stand behind His teachings and His will, even if it costs you a relationship? Even if it costs you a relationship that you love? I mean, the relationship between a mother and a daughter, between a father and a and a son, between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law? I'm not talking about, we just don't get along. If you just don't get along, well, seek the Lord, and that might help you get along. I'm talking about necessary conflict. Am I willing to give that up? The truth is, sometimes that sacrifice becomes their hope. Maybe another sermon for another time. But there are many families that have very little hope Because the very people that ought to be shining the light of Jesus Christ into their lives have turned a switch off. We've got to be careful about that. Are we willing to part with our possessions? Whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, are we willing to part with them to to the point of being sacrificial? You remember the, the account of the rich young ruler there in Mark chapter 10? Jesus said, one thing you lack... Go and sell all that you possess and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Wow. All of it. We read that and we say, I'm glad he didn't say that to me. Right? I've had a lot of questions this week about, should we give from the gross or should we give from the net? It's a good question, right? But, But I'm just saying that we ask that question a lot. Um, this is this is pretty clear all that's what he said to this man and you know what his his response was not willing to do it not willing to do it As a matter of fact i would say that if we have the same problems that this man had then we or have the same call that that this man had right he fell At these words his face fell he went away grieved for he was one who owned much property are we willing to sacrifice even of our stuff? So, so many great examples of, of generous, sacrificial givers. I mean, I, I have no, no shortage of those even in this room. But, but our, our possessions are things that push us. One missionary said once he had known many, many people who had, who had faced the test of persecution and passed with flying colors. But he knew many more people who had faced the test of prosperity and failed the test. That's what he's saying here. Are you willing to value the kingdom of heaven even before our own stuff? How about before our own social comfort? I mean, I, I mean, maybe, maybe you think I'm being extreme talking about relationships in your family or, or your own possessions, but... What about just our social relationships? What about the way that we interact with different people? Or maybe our children interact with different people at school or things like that. Peter says in 1 Peter 5 and verse 5 of those Christians that that, that he will say that in all of this, in all walking with Christ, they, the people in the world, are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excess of dissipation. And they malign you. Do you ever know that you know what the right thing to do is, but you know what sort of response you're going to get from that? Like you just know before you ever say it, before you ever do it. You ever have that? I mean, that, that is not a pleasant feeling. But you believe it's the right thing to do, so you do it. Have you ever known what was the right thing to do, but you didn't do it? I know James says that's sin, but I'm, I'm not saying is, is that sin. I'm saying, have you ever done that? Have you ever been so influenced like, I don't want the backlash that comes with that? Probably we all have. Are we okay? Are we okay with even being a social outcast? Even even if it will make people hate us, are we willing for people to not understand or to not appreciate who we are, what we are? And as you think about yourself, Think about your children. This is where it gets really hard for me because you could beat me up, but don't don't mess with my kids. Are you willing for your children to stand out? Are you willing for your children to pay a social price for their faith? Now, they may or may not have to pay that price, but I'm asking, are you willing for them to pay that price? Jesus Jesus says it's worth it. Even your own life, Even your own life. And for us, that that, that seems to be such such a mm, faraway place. But there are people, there are people in this world that to be a Christian means that their life is in jeopardy. They they can't come to places like this and worship as we do. We take this for granted. We ought not take it for granted. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, the Lord says, Do not fear what you're about to suffer, ever been worried about something and you knew you were going to suffer? Do not fear. This is the Bible answer. Not just here, but all, th- all throughout the text, right? Why would you say that? Why would you say that to someone who is about to suffer? Why would you make light of someone's suffering? I can tell you what they teach you in Bedside manner 101. How to empathize. Do not make light of someone else's plight. I made up that rhyme, but actually, that's pretty good on the spot, right? But, but that you all get the rule, right? I mean, you just listen. You just listen. That must be really hard, Dale, right? I mean, that, that, that's, we all, in the Bible, the Lord is always making light of people's struggles. He does it over and over. I mean, from, from the Old Testament to the New Testament right? Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation for 10 days. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking if if we knew we were going to go to jail tomorrow for our faith, ah, I would be struggling with that. I'd be struggling with that. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He says, however far they want to push it. This is what made Paul such an amazing, powerful preacher of the gospel, because you couldn't touch him. Right? You couldn't touch him. Paul says, you're going to throw me into prison? You're going to throw me into prison? Okay, I'll convert the guard. You, 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 You want to take me out? And, you, and you, want to, you want to kill me too? Huh, I'll go to heaven. To die as gain. It's more than just to catch you first. He really believed it. You, could, you couldn't get to him. You couldn't scare him. He was willing to give up everything. Back to our parable in Matthew chapter 13. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. Don't we all want this? How many of us want to go to heaven? Can I say we all want to go to heaven? You here on a Sunday night? I want to go to heaven. Right? And that and that, that ought to put a smile on your face. I want to go to heaven. I'm, I'm seeking, I'm seeking this. I'm seeking, I'm seeking. That's why I'm here. And then I find it. You ever been in a Bible study with someone who was so genuine and so sincere? And you're and you're going through and you're going through the Bible, and then I mean, this is just rolling and going wonderfully, and then you come to whatever it is. I've given a few tonight. I don't know what it is for you guys or what it will be in the Bible study, but all of a sudden you realize your Bible study is over because God just asked them to give up something that they're not willing to give up. I I, kind of figure that we all have an it. Not that we're not willing to give up, but that would be hard for us to give up. Is is, is that true? I mean, for for, for some people, these things, there may be things that you would have to give up that wouldn't be hard for me or things that would be difficult for me that that wouldn't be for you. But whatever it is, whatever you're thinking about in your mind right now, I'm not not a mind reader, okay? But like, man, I really hope that God doesn't ask me to give that thing up. You, You fill in the blank on that. And like I said, if you've been in a Bible study, I'm just telling you a lot of times that will come up and it will crash your study. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought it. What Jesus is saying is it's worth it. Whatever it costs you, whatever it costs you, It's worth it. It costs Jesus so much. It can cost us in this life. But it's worth it. We ought to be willing because we have perspective of what we're getting. Now, when we aren't willing to pay, it's because we don't have perspective of what we're getting in return. The pearl of great price. You have found it. I'm offering it to you. You see that thing you think, man, have I ever had the opportunity to buy that? Right? You have the opportunity to be born again. You have the opportunity to have your sins washed away. You have the opportunity to walk with the Lord in great peace and comfort. You have that opportunity. Someone is standing in front of you on the the beginning, on the very first sale of Microsoft stock, and they're saying, do you want to buy some? Do you want to buy some? The answer would be yes. I'll give you a little money, right? Yes. I'm I'm talking about something so much more valuable than a little bit of stock. Now, whether whether we believe that or not, it's based on whether we believe what Jesus is saying or not. Do you want to buy it? Do you want to sell everything that you have in pursuit of it? Do you want to live? That's the invitation. For all those things that keep us back, well, I don't know if I want to do this, I don't know about them. You are being given the greatest opportunity. Now, you don't see it as such because you've been given this opportunity before, right? Like about five hours ago, you were given this very same opportunity. And you're figuring you're going to get this opportunity again. You might. You might not. Jesus says that when you found it, he sold all that he had and he bought it. Take hold of the greatest thing that you will ever take hold of this is your God-given opportunity to come, to repent, to be baptized, to wash away your sins, to walk with the Lord, to bring your burdens before him. No one with the Lord can offer these things to you, but he offers them to you freely. You come as we stand and as we sing.